Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This week's podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. Cruise the Mediterranean this fall with your Weekly Standard favorites, including Fred Barnes, Bill Crystal, Stephen Hayes, and the gang. For more information, go to TWSCruise.com. That's the Weekly Standard, TWSCruise.com. With us today is Weekly Standard's Michael Warren. And Michael, there's a revolution going on that most people aren't seeing. It's the revolution in energy, and it's coming out of the most unlikely place, North Dakota. Uh, that's absolutely right, Michael. It's uh, I was just uh, there in North Dakota a few weeks ago. You poor guy. There. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, it's it's actually a pretty lovely place. Uh, once you uh, once you look past the uh, the, the vast <laughs> plains of, uh, of of empty field and and all of that, there's actually quite a lot going on there. But it's uh, it, it's a it's a pretty amazing thing what's happened in the last really in the last five years. Um, as uh, as they've discovered, uh, well, as I write in the piece, uh, they've always sort of known there's oil beneath the, uh, the, 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 the land there in, in western, northwestern North Dakota, uh, but they've never known how to get to it. And in, in the last five years, they've developed the technology. Engineers and, and geologists uh, have, have figured out a way to get two miles beneath the surface, uh, break open the rock through a process called hydraulic fracturing, uh, and and get the oil and the natural gas that's embedded in there, and and it's really uh, not only changed the energy industry, it's changed this uh, sort of quiet little corner of the country, where uh, a kind of way of life, a small town, uh, farming communities, uh, where, where that that way of life is, has really sort of been shaken up and, and changed, and 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 also given a new lease on life because of of, of these uh, these developments in the uh, in the energy industry. Well, before we talk about what's happened in North Dakota, I want to get back to fracking, which is what we're talking about and the impact on the world. My understanding is that North America is soon to be the number one energy producing region in the world. And that's what I understand, and and you know that part of that has to do with the fact that that uh, that OPEC is uh, uh, is not. Uh, uh, what it was in terms of uh, its its power and, and, and energy prices have fallen in general, mm-hmm. uh, but also the, the, the it's it's all about new technology. It's all about finding new ways to get to uh, what we what we know or what we think uh, is is either below the surface of the earth or uh, in deep water places off the coasts of not only you know in the Gulf of Mexico but also off the coast of Virginia, California, and uh, obviously Alaska as well. Right. So, uh, you know, there there is quite a bit of, uh, of treasure uh, that 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 we sit uh, on top of, and and uh, increasingly we're finding that uh, that that we're able to get more of it. Uh, the the impact this is having on the kind of geopolitical balances we have. You know, the Middle East has this oil, and that's something that gives them leverage. They don't have a lot of other products, quite frankly, to to build an economy on in many parts of the Middle East. Should we be worried about the consequences of having America or the West able to rely, you know, uh, to have our own energy, I should say, without having to rely on the Middle East? Well, I think there's uh, there's always sort of a give and take, and, and you got to uh, look at the entire picture. But on balance, it seems that more development of uh, of, of oil and natural gas uh, domestically. It can only uh, improve our standing. You know, it, it, you're absolutely right that it, it gives the United States and gives the West um, uh, a little bit more of a uh, uh, of an equal uh, uh, seat at the table of, of the of the energy table. And uh, there, you know, there are there's quite a bit of uh, there's quite a bit of geopolitical 
uh, I, 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 what's the right word, uh, of, of geopolitical uh, mileage to get out mm-hmm. of saying, hey, listen, if, if we can produce this ourselves, if we can be uh, sufficient in this, then then uh, then we sort of have uh, we have the, the we're sitting in the driver's seat to mix my metaphors here uh, <laughs> and, and on a lot of, on a lot of these uh, on a lot of these questions uh, about what's going on in the Middle East and and, and in a lot of ways you know I talked to a, a few people in North Dakota about this and they say you know uh, one of the one of the best things about it is that it, our energy becomes cheaper uh, at home here and um, we, we're not. You know, we're not given to the whims of of what OPEC decides the, the you know the price right. is going to be today or, or yesterday, uh, and that that strengthens the economy. It strengthens uh, our own you know manufacturing industries. Uh, you know that 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 have 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 withered in a lot of ways because of high energy costs. So on the whole, it's 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 a lot better for the United States and for the West to be developing it itself. That you know that that way, not only the Middle East, but you know Russia is another big player in the in the uh, in the energy worldwide energy market, uh, and as we're finding out, uh, Russia is, doesn't exal- always have uh, the United States' best interests. At exactly, because so let's talk about North Carolina, which I am loath to do, and I have to explain why, Michael Warrens, because I used to do stand-up comedy for a living, and I used to work clubs in the Midwest. I actually did stand-up in North Dakota, and I was in Botno, North Dakota, which is a stone's throw from the Canadian border, in December. And the high the day I was there was 20 below zero. And I said, I never, ever want to come to this place ever again. <laughs> so tell me what I'm missing about North Dakota. Well, I think you, you've got it exactly right. This, North Dakota is not a really hospitable place. And the, the, the people who originally settled in North Dakota, and a lot of Norwegian and German immigrants, right knew that, uh, or, or if they didn't know it when they got there in, in <laughs> June, they certainly knew it by October. Um, and of course, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, pampered D.C. journalist, so right. I, I waited to go until it was, uh, it was warm in, in the uh, middle of May. But uh, I think that there's something important in that, which is that uh, as the economy in North Dakota booms uh, and people are flocking there, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it's not because of the weather. It's not because of you know the, the nice sandy beaches sure. or uh, or any of these sort of amenities that you might find uh, in, in a lot of these places. Whether it's Denver or Phoenix or Louisiana or Florida or California, where these people are moving from, uh, they're moving here because the opportunities here. They're moving there because the jobs are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it, it really sort of reminded me while I was there of a of an old-fashioned American uh, pioneer spirit. So these uh, these folks are coming up from all kinds of uh, places where they they don't have any opportunities back home. Places like Seattle and Phoenix and Denver and Louisiana, and uh, and they're going to this cold, inhospitable, uh, kind of barren place because that's where the opportunities are. That's where the jobs are, and it's it's just sort of this old pioneering uh, American uh, spirit that uh, that continues to live on, and and it's all thanks to uh, this energy boom. So uh, what are the consequences for the other industries? You mentioned, for example, manufacturing. The, you know, I, I told you I did stand-up comedy in North Dakota. The people I hung out with were farmers who would come into the Indian-run casinos to spend a few bucks and have a drink. That was all the economy I saw. Uh, what's, is is uh, farming being impacted as well? Well, farming is certainly being affected, and it's, and it's not entirely positive. You know, I talked to a, a farmer who said, you know, it's a totally different 
place where before I'd you know drive my giant combine down the country road and it would be no problem. Now he has to have pilot cars because a uh, a, a, a giant uh, oil rig truck might be coming the other way and right. there's no way to get around it. So it's really sort of thrown this quiet agrarian society, you know, sort of upended it in a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, but the, the the main point that I saw was that. Uh, that sort of way of life, as as valuable as as they and and we might see it, uh, was really kind of dying. Uh, just as there was there was no other industry in this part of the state. Right. So what you're seeing now is not only is is farming and ranching, you know, getting a, a little bit of a, a of a boost, but you're also seeing more manufacturing that's related to oil. You're seeing uh, hospitality industry, the service industry. Uh, infrastructure, you know, there's all kinds of roads that need to be built that can't, uh, that that weren't expecting giant trucks hauling oil out uh, every single <laughs> right. day. So there's there's been all these sort of booms that have been uh, have, that have been secondary to this big oil boom. Of course, the biggest one is housing. They they, they the supply of housing of, of affordable places for people to live. Uh, far uh, uh, is far below demand for that. So we're, we're seeing uh, a lot more uh, activity there, and that's activity that wasn't in this part of the country for the last 20, 30, 40 years. One last question. If you were a young person out in the world and you're in a town where there wasn't a lot going on, would you pack up your bag and get on a bus and head to North Dakota? Uh, after I after the week that I've spent, I wouldn't even think about it. I mean, it's it's such an easy decision because there's uh, there's opportunity there. There there are there are there are places that will hire you within 24 hours. Uh, there are all kinds of problems too. You know, like I said, you you might not be able to find a place to live. Right. Uh, your your uh, you know your groceries are probably more expensive than they were back home. But uh, but you know I I'd, I'd at least have some money in my pocket, which is which I might not be able to say if I if I were struggling, if I didn't have a college degree, or even if I did have a college degree. So uh, I would be there uh, if I didn't have uh, this uh, wonderful cushy job at the Weekly Standard. So Michael Warren says, "Go north, young man. Go north." Thanks so much for joining us on the Weekly Standard podcast. Be sure to check out weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. This podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. For more details, visit. TWS Cruise, theweeklystandardcruise.com. I'm your host, Michael Graham.